Deconstructing American Conservatism. I'm your host, James Killen, and Deconstructing American Conservatism is a window into my journey from burgeoning, far-right, bootstrap-touting, American exceptionalism-espousing, Democrat-bashing, conservative Republican to where I am now. Where is that, you ask? Uh, That's a great question, because I have honestly no idea, and that's actually what this podcast is about. It's about tearing down the ideological structures that facilitated my indoctrination into conservatism and keeps many who I love and care about from escaping it. I want to encourage an end to the competition and, and team's mentality that has so incredibly divided the United States of America. It doesn't matter if you're left, right, conservative, liberal, Democrat, Republican, or other. I welcome you on this journey, and I look forward to your feedback. And most of all, I look forward to making a positive impact, however small, on the public discourse in America. And with that said, guys, gals, and non-binary pals, let's get started with today's episode and we're going to touch on critical race theory oh yeah let's just get all the hot buttons here in may might as well i'm going to paint a picture for you uh, my grandfather is not my biological grandfather he and my grandmother got together when i was six after my mom's father passed away now paul which is what i call him p-a-w paul paul was born in West Virginia in 1939. I can tell you every story. I could write the man's biography from memory. I love listening to his stories over and over and over again because my grandfather, a retired command sergeant major, is a good man and I love him to death. And I also love it when my nan tries to tell him that he's already told me a story and I can't bring myself to confirm nor deny because I don't want to be on the wrong side of either one of them. Now, I've been listening to his stories, folks. I, I, I could quote from grade school through marrying his first wife to graduating the Sergeant's Major Academy and, and even his across-the-hall neighbor during his recent hip replacement last month. And, and almost 35 years of stories talking about his 82, almost 83 years on this earth, I've never heard him say a single disparaging remark about an American of color or any other demographic or ethnicity for that matter. Paul joined the Air Force in 1956. He did his four years, he got out, and he went to work for a construction company. Now, he spent three years in the late 60s in Liberia building roads with this construction company. And his stories are hilarious. They are W-over hilarious. Now, again, this is a young man who had just come out of a not-so-diverse county in West Virginia explaining being in Africa in the 1960s. Okay, so you can imagine what people could imagine he could say about that time. And not a single time describing any indigenous Liberians or anyone else 
when he's telling these stories, did he use a single pejorative? Now, Pa is a conservative Catholic, which is where some of my indoctrination comes from, probably a lot more than I think, but I'm going to digress. Pa had every opportunity to teach me hate. He never did. And, and I didn't have a father, so, so that's even, even more true. My mom raised me, but my brother and Pa were my chief male influences. I have a tremendous respect for Pa because I, I know how easy it would be for someone with hate in their heart to pass that hate along, especially when you have the, a, a captive audience or the captive imagination of a grandchild. Pa doesn't have that hate. It, it's not in his heart. And I tell you all of that to fast forward to today and don't get ahead of me okay pa and i can barely talk politics now and, and sometimes i can see him seething trying to get his point across about building a border wall or or some other donald trumpism as i challenge him on the efficacy of the border wall or how much it would cost or that his views on illegal immigration aren't necessarily whole at 82 years old, I do my best to walk the line between supporting my views and respecting him as my grandfather. And of course, I know most of you can understand that. And you can also understand that I know I'm not going to be able to completely dismantle what Fox News has indoctrinated him with uh, 21 hours a day. And when I say at this point at 82 years old, no, I'm not giving my grandfather a pass for, for having Fox News on for 21 hours a day. But in the car the other day, uh, I was taking him to a follow-up appointment, and he his recovery is almost mythical, by the way. It's, it's incredible. Uh, but Pa asked me if my girls were being introduced to critical race theory in school. Now, my daughters go to a special school in a very conservative area of Kentucky. I, I'm very happy to get them and to have gotten all three of them into this school. Now, I'll say that again, a very conservative area of Kentucky. One of their teachers shows them videos from PragerU. No, Puff, they, they aren't being influenced by critical race theory at school. Now, my 17-year-old, she's influencing her sisters. She's even partly responsible for my current understanding, especially the understanding of my white privilege. That's to say that my daughter has been smarter than me since she was five. And I'm pretty sure, I can't say this for sure because she's never actually said it, I'm pretty sure I've been a project of hers for years. Now, I did a Facebook post about this child on her birthday this year, and I said partly, this child has kept me on my toes her whole life. And it seems every time she challenges me, I end up being the one who walks away learning something. But... After I said no, after I told Pa that, that they weren't being taught critical race theory in school, I asked him what he understood critical race theory to be, and I think he actually channeled some Chris Rufo for a minute. And if you don't know who that is, we'll get to Chris Rufo. Now, he, he said, it's teaching our kids that they are racist and that, uh, that schools don't have any business teaching critical race theory because we shouldn't be teaching white kids to feel guilty about being white. Pa didn't grow up in a sundown town because 
Americans of color simply weren't allowed in the county he was from. One of his stories, and I won't get into it, is about his his father and what his father said happened when he ran into a black man in town. It, it wasn't as bad as you think, but it's bad enough that I'm not going to share it. Now, in the 40s and 50s, Pa had never even seen a pool table, let alone seen an American of color. And, and Pa knows my, my degree is in political science. So, so I said to him, Pa, they, they, they aren't teaching critical race theory because... It, it isn't a class. A critical race theory is a, a lens or a perspective at, at which to, to look at American institutions. I said, it's, it's barely taught in college, Paul. I, I didn't even see any, anything resembling critical race theory until I was in the 300 level of poli-sci classes. And the first one I remember, I, I think, was called Race, Law, and Politics. Now, the, the conversation didn't go much further after that, thankfully, but I know Pa didn't change his opinion because I had an hour in the car with him. I didn't have time to deconstruct 21 hours a day worth of Fox News. And yes, 21 hours a day is, is legit because uh, if he's not sleeping or out in the yard fooling with uh, his flowers, um, he's probably watching Fox News. Now, that experience, the experience that I have with, with Pa and that I have with him all the time, that experience is happening all across America every single day. It's not unique. And I genuinely blame the media for this because there, there are folks out there getting a platform like that Chris Rufo guy I just said a, a minute ago. And Chris Rufo was actively and is actively pushing to discredit critical race theory. And he's largely done a pretty good job, and he did so using a preemptive PR campaign. In March 2021, Chris Rufo posted on Twitter, and this is a quote, The goal is to have the public read something crazy in the newspaper and immediately think critical race theory. We have decodified the term and will recodify it to annex the entire range of cultural constructions that are unpopular with Americans. He, he said his goal is to make critical race theory everything that Americans don't like about race or, or even culture in, in America. He said that. And, and when you show that to someone who thinks critical race theory is some radical curriculum, they don't want to believe it. And that's where the insulation comes from, the, the, the incredulity that people would think, oh, somebody actually wants to, to lie directly to my face. For Chris Rufo, the, the goal isn't to have people think, it's to think for them and have them react. Interesting, coming from folks who claim there's a conspiracy between the media and government to make everyone liberal sheep. I mean, Chris Rufo just told you, you're a sheep, and he said it publicly. It's funny how conservatism works in this regard. I listened to Ben Shapiro yesterday. Yes, it was painful. And, and I, I do this for you all, so so you know, send me a, a, your thoughts, if you will. Um, but Ben Shapiro said possibly the most asinine thing I've ever heard Ben Shapiro say. In one breath, he says, the government is brainwashing kids. And in the very next breath, 
he's pitching Prager you kids saying they have the answer to the government brainwashing your kids. Now, if you're like me, I was screaming at the radio saying, what, what's more likely? That the entirety of the public school system and everyone inside of it is conspiring to teach your seven-year-old they're racist, or is it more likely a private company wanting to sell products is trying to scare you into letting them indoctrinate your child instead of being educated in the public school system? Seriously, I, I can't make this up. And, and what I want you to do, I want you to listen for yourself what Ben Shapiro says. Check this out. Let's tell the news in just one moment first. You need PragerU. I'm just going to put it out there. PragerU, which we consider here at Daily Wire to be a sister company because we work with them pretty frequently. PragerU makes sure that your kids are actually learning excellent, excellent stuff. Have you seen what your kids are watching on TV and learning in school? Critical race theory, gender ideology, Disney... Is, is telling people to degender children. I mean, this is the kind of content that your kids are being subjected to. PragerU is fighting back. You've probably seen the viral videos of parents begging school boards to stop brainwashing kids. Many of you are as frustrated as I am. Parents and educators are realizing most of America's school system has now been hijacked by the left, and they are committed to stopping that radical agenda. This is why you need PragerU Kids. In just one year, PragerU Kids has created nearly 150 pieces of video and print content for children in kindergarten through 12th grade. From animated shows and illustrated books to digital magazines, PragerU Kids offers entertaining and educational content to equip families to save the future of America. 300,000 parents, teachers, grandparents, and caregivers have already subscribed to PragerU Kids. Folks, critical race theory is a lens through which to view the American empire. It requires not only a high degree of intellectual maturity, it also requires a deep understanding of the institutions, the history, and the complex demographic structures of America in order to apply it to a discussion. Consider critical race theory like a pair of corrective glasses, like a pair of corrective lenses. If the prescription isn't yours, you aren't going to be able to see through them clearly. Your vision is going to be distorted, and anything you try to describe looking through them is going to be nonsense, or at least distorted. No teacher in their right mind would try to teach a simple civics class through the lens of critical race theory. You can barely introduce it in a three or four hundred level poli-sci course and, and get any degree of, of understanding. You're, at best, you're going to get a discussion. Critical race theory is a boogeyman. There is a concerted effort in conservative media, and it's crystal clear that there is a concerted effort in conservative media to ensure folks have something to be afraid of in America. And the all-too-eager charlatans, the snake oil peddlers on the right, are there waiting to sell the protection that you need or direct you to the next evil communist, Marxist, socialist, global government touting climate alarmist who needs to be attacked by your surface level understanding of all of the above. And of course that surface level understanding given to you by the charlatan. Here's a short list of things those charlatans and conservative media want conservatives to be afraid of. Now, I want to say first and foremost, the second I started to understand these things is the second I began running away from conservatism. 
Donald Trump brought a lot of these out from the underbelly of conservatism and the folks who were were thinking a lot of these things consciously became very emboldened. Many of the conservatives who are on the fence now simply don't want to believe these are some of the reasons conservatives are against the things on this list and the progression of America. The America of 2060 is going to look very different than the America of 2000 and even 2022. And these charlatans want Americans to be afraid of that difference. Now, critical race theory, what are, what, are, what are these charlatans, snake oil salesmen, whatever, trying to get your subconscious to fear? Simply put, white people are very comfortable in this country. And when you're comfortable, the last thing you want somebody to do is mess with the thermostat. Critical race theory is a fight over the thermostat in America. Do we make it comfortable as, as comfortable as possible for everyone? Or does dad have the final say and everyone else just needs to grab an extra blanket and some thick socks? If we all start looking at our institutions and how racism factors into those institutions, white people might lose some of their comfort. And that is a problem for these folks. And what about illegal immigration? I'm going to go for the jugular here because these charlatans made this one personal when they tricked my grandfather into thinking there's a full-scale invasion at our southern border and those folks are bankrupting the nation. The real thing they want white people to be afraid of is the birth rate of the Hispanic population in the United States, which is around 30% higher than whites or non-Hispanic whites. To further break that down, the, the birth rate for white Anglo-Saxon Christians is around 1.8, and the birth rate for those illegals is around 2.4, meaning by 2050, non-Hispanic white people will be a minority in the United States. There simply isn't going to be enough cream in the coffee in a few decades, and instead of folks learning to enjoy the new flavor, they're trying to figure out how to strengthen the cream, and that's disgusting. Educational indoctrination? Oh yeah, Christians fear education the most because educated people see through dogma pretty quickly. You can't put pieces of bullshit in a cookie and call it a chocolate chip. That, that isn't to say that educated people are necessarily atheist either. I'm, I'm not saying that at all. It's just that educated people, they, they don't, as President Obama put it, cling to their Bibles because they're insecure in their faith. If there aren't any chocolate chips, educated people are okay with a regular cookie. They're okay if you don't like cookies. Eat apple, do keto. It's okay if you're different. Poorly educated people are a lot more prone to belligerent adoption and defense of beliefs and, and, and defensive values. And they're a lot less accepting of challenge, especially challenge to tradition or, or faith, because they, they aren't equipped with the tools to prove or disprove their beliefs. Education is a double-edged sword, too, because capitalism needs a workforce that doesn't think too much. As William Harris said in, in I, I believe, 1896, he was the education commissioner back then, our education system is scientifically designed to prevent overeducation. The average American should be humble with their mediocre role in life. 
people who think and enjoy learning don't take well to being told they have to work more than 40 hours for the team um, not get paid appropriately for their productivity level and oh they have to request days off weeks or months in advance like they're some kind of indentured servant or prisoner asking for a weekend furlough contrary to educating people capitalists want a school system and tell me if this sounds familiar a school system designed to promote punctuality obedience to authority perfect attendance peer-to-peer -peer competition and a school system that can tie a student's ego and self-worth to achievement in a rigidly structured environment now pause this if you need to take a moment to consider why your child has a ridiculously high level of anxiety about their education and simultaneously hates learning their future is predicated on their ability to perform well in an environment they hate that is built in to our nation's fabric and really most of the world. What about homosexual marriage? Homosexual marriage blows the whole narrative about a woman subjugating herself to her husband completely out of the water. You know, it's if a man can marry a man and a woman can marry a woman then how do you convince women that it's God who wants her to be subservient to her husband? Blame it on the devil. That's it. Homosexuality must be evil. We're going to incur the wrath of God if we allow this abomination to continue. Mind you, most of the folks who believe that nonsense would struggle to spell wrath, but I'm digressing again. The Bible is so chalked full of contradiction and so many verses can be used in whatever context suits your specific narrative it was easy to convince folks that homosexuality is a sin that it's the devil's work and we're in the end of days because of gay pride and assless chaps during the 2008 presidential campaign, even Barack Obama said he believed marriage was between a man and a woman because he wasn't ready to incur the wrath of the Christian community in the United States, and that included American Christians of color. Abortion. Why is abortion right now such a hot topic? It's one of those things folks just don't want to talk about. You know, Money, politics, religion, throw in abortion too avoid these issues in america now after the civil rights bill was passed all of these issues needed a singular rallying cry how do we drum up the conservative base and unite them against liberals and communists and and anybody else that wants to change the landscape of of the united states and when i say change the landscape i mean make it more diverse I got it. Liberals want to kill babies. That one's pretty self-explanatory, and it only took a generation to make that the cornerstone of the liberal conservative divide. When does life begin? Well, God says it's at conception. You know, that little lamb of God needs to be protected from those godless, evil liberals. Now, like a dog who catches a car and realizes it's more than just a tire, Conservatives see Roe v. Wade isn't just about abortion, and a lot of them are a little shell-shocked that coupled with Casey, it has implications for their privacy, 
gun rights, and even vaccine refusal. You gotta love life's little plot twists. There are so many more too, but I'm not gonna keep going for the sake of brevity. Plus, I, I think you get it. I think you've got the, the point on this one. If you can stick around for me, though, for, for just a couple you know admin things that, that I need to talk about. Uh, I dabbled in having ads for this podcast, but I can't criticize a narrative like the one I just did with Ben Shapiro and in good faith have sponsored content. So if you'd like to show your support and encouragement, please check out the show's anchor profile or visit the Patreon page and consider a monthly contribution. It takes anywhere from 10 to 16 hours to get an episode even close to worthy of your time. And I'd love to be able to create a show you can be proud of, uh, not just one that that satisfies the the basic um, standards, if you will. I want something that you all can be proud to promote also. Your help would be greatly appreciated. It would be tremendously appreciated. I'd like also to thank our our current Patreons and and give them a much-deserved shout-out. So, Julieta, if you're listening, DJ, Russell, Travis, Arturo, David, Deb B., Lee or or Leah, I apologize, uh, Christy, Ryan, Heather, and and Todd, you all have been with me since the beginning, and I can't tell you how much I appreciate all of your support. And to our new Patreons, uh, Deborah or or Deb R, if you will, I got to to have a little exchange with with you earlier today, and I I really appreciate you joining and all the kind words that that you had to say. And and Joseph and Nicole, thank you all also uh, for joining the Patreon community. I'm I'm so grateful for each and every one of you, and I know I I sound like a broken record saying that, but but I am, and I hope... uh, Everyone listening and all of you all, uh, have a wonderful day. Thank you so much.